Hello and welcome to the next episode of Japanese with Kelly. Thank you very much, everybody, who was listening to the first episode. And let's go on to episode number two. Today, I want to talk about the Japanese language in a nutshell. I want to talk about the Japanese writing system and basic Japanese grammar. If you have already tried to yeah, find out how Japanese language works, you most probably have stumbled over the Japanese writing system, which looks a little complicated and maybe frightening to some people. And actually, well, that might be true. But let's start with something easy. So basically, we have like three kinds of writing systems. First, you have hiragana, then katakana, and then kanji. Basically, hiragana is learned by Japanese kids at the beginning. They're syllables, actually 46 of them, and they look kind of roundish. They are derived from kanji, they are simplification, and basically, hiragana are used for all. Grammatical parts of a sentence. But as I said before, Japanese kids start with hiragana. So in the first grade in the elementary school, they start off with the hiragana and learn the 46 syllables there. So if、uh, there is something, some important information or something that Japanese kids should be able to read, then these words are usually written in hiragana because they don't know kanji yet. Right. So hiragana, roundish. Simplification of kanji and are used basically for grammar. So, what, actually, what is a syllable? A syllable is a combination of a vowel and a consonant. However, in Japanese language, there are syllables which consist of vowels only. They are a, i, u, e, o. Sound a little different compared to English pronunciation, right? But that's just,、uh, we're going to talk about pronunciation in a different episode here. So, right. Vowel and consonant. However, there is only there is a syllable which is consisting out of one consonant only, and that's n. And that's also a problem why Japanese people have such a hard time when they learn foreign languages, for example, English or German, my native language, because it's so difficult for them to omit the vowel. So if there is if there's a word、uh, which has several consonants one after another, Then it's really, really difficult for them to pronounce it. So, usually they say, like, uh, uh, they just put a vowel in between if there is a consonant. A famous example would be hot dog. So, we have hot and dog, so there's T and D. But the Japanese people don't say hot dog, they say hotto dog. So, you always hear the hotto, the dog. Not only the T, but the O afterwards, and it's not dog, they say hotodog, because yeah, that's the way they talk. So that's hiragana. Then on to katakana. Katakana are basically the same as hiragana, so they are、uh, syllables, but they look different and they also have a different usage. They are derived from kanji, like hiragana, but Hiragana basically are a simplification of a kanji, whereas katakana are parts of kanji. They are kind of angular and they are used for foreign words, for foreign names, for sounds, for example, animal sounds, and for onomatopoeia. For example, like knocking sound, or if it rains, or sensations, or certain adjectives, then these words are used in katakana. 
also your name, of course, as long as you are not uh, uh, a person who comes from a country where uh, kanji are used, for example, China, then, yeah, your name would be written in katakana. Then let's go on to the kanji. What actually is the meaning of kanji? Kan is the old word for China and ji stands for character, so Chinese character. And that also tells us where kanji come from. Kanji actually came from China in around the 8th century, which means that until at that time, Japan did not have a writing system. So all the knowledge was passed down by word of mouth. Also, the story of the history of uh, how Japan was uh, made and all of the gods and everything only after that time was written down in the so-called Kojiki or Nihon Shoki, where you can read the Japanese myth and history. Right. So, the kanji, the kanji. What do you use the kanji for? Basically, kanji convey the meaning. So, if you have a noun or a verb or an adjective, you usually write it in kanji. So the noun, if you have a verb, then it's only the verb stem because the grammatical part, so the ending of the verb, would be written in hiragana. You cannot just change the kanji by adding some stroke or something and then say that's the past tense or the, the perf uh, negation or something. You do it with the verb ending. You change the verb ending or you add something in the end. Same goes for adjectives. But more about that in a different episode. <laughs> Keep saying that, right? So what's the most difficult part of kanji? Well, there are a lot of them. Like around 60,000, 50 to 60,000 are available. That's a huge number, right? But uh, don't worry, you don't have to learn all of them. In school, in a compulsory schooling, nine-year system in Japan, you learn or kids learn 2,136 kanji. This is rule ruled by the Ministry of Education in Japan. So that's quite a low number, right? 2,136. This is the amount of kanji you need to know to be able to write, not, not to write, to read a newspaper. Of course, there will be different kanji which are not included in this list, but if these kanji pop up, they will have the pronunciation written next to them in hiragana. One more number for you, 5,000 kanji. That's the amount of kanji an average Japanese person can read. Doesn't mean they can write it, but they usually can read that amount of kanji. What else do you need to know about kanji? They have several ways of pronunciation. The Chinese-based pronunciation is called on yomi. Yomi comes from yomu, to read. And the Japanese pronunciation, which is called kun yomi. Why is that? Well, basically, so um, as I said before, the kanji come from China. So when the Chinese characters were imported to Japan, they also took along the pronunciation. Because it, um, at the time, Japan was not really that advanced. So they not only took the writing system from China, but also uh, knowledge about administration and, and, and other cultural things, which means they also took a long vocabulary. And then they were pronouncing the kanji in the Chinese way. 
However, Chinese pronunciation is completely different compared to Japanese pronunciation, and also grammar and everything else. It's just the kanji themselves, which are not even 100% the same anymore because China has different kinds of uh, change on their kanji compared to Japan. So they are not the same anymore. Not all of them, at least. There are some slight differences, some look completely the same, and some are. There are even kanji which are only in,、uh, existing in Japanese language and are not in the Chinese language. Right. Now you might be thinking how do I know if I have to use the kunyomi, the Japanese pronunciation, or the onyomi, the Chinese pronunciation? Basically, there's a rule of thumb which I want you to memorize. If you have one word which consists of one kanji, Then you use the kunyomi. If you have a word which consists of two or more kanji, or kanji and katakana, then you use the Chinese pronunciation, the onyomi. So, then about strokes or how to write kanji. So, kanji consists of strokes, several strokes, and a certain stroke order, which is as follows. Horizontal strokes are made from left to right, and vertical strokes from top to bottom. Please keep to this order. The same goes for the stroke order itself. So, strokes that are at the top of a kanji are drawn first, and of course, strokes that are on the bottom are drawn last. Strokes on the left side are also written prior to those on the right side, and then. You write the one on the right side. However, there are several other rules. For example, if there is a stroke in the middle, you usually make the middle stroke first. But this is something which I would like to talk in a different episode. This stroke order might seem really frustrating in the beginning, and it, this is—I assure you—this is not to make foreigners freak out. <laughs> It's based on the concept that Japanese writing style is in columns, top down. So you write from top to down. And the order of the columns is from right to left. So you start at the right upper corner and write down, 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 down for one column, and then you go left to the next column, and then you start writing again. Also, traditionally, using a brush and ink, which makes it, you know, more easier, easier. It makes it easier, well, not more easy, easier <laughs> to write the ca characters. And they were basically all connected to the next character, so all these are reasons for this stroke order. And even though it seems inconsistent for some people, in fact, this writing, this way of writing, is much more efficient. So just just try and memorize how to make strokes in the correct order. I will talk about that in a different episode. Let's go on with Japanese grammar. There are some good news for you. There is no grammatical gender. So if you've been trying to, for example, study Spanish or French or God be where German, my native language, then you most probably know there is a female female noun or male noun, and in German we even have neuter nouns. That's awful. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to memorize that in Japanese language. There is no difference between singular and plural nouns, so you don't have to memorize its child or children, or、uh, fox and foxes, or I don't know, in in 
Do you have an example in French? No, let, let's just let's just have it like in here. Not just just not not go somewhere else. Then, instead, what we have in Japanese language is so-called counter words, which the word says you count something. So depending on what kind of thing you count, you have different kinds of counter words. You have a specific counter word for people, for animals, for small animals, for big animals, for socks. <laughs> For a sense, he has to count his socks. However, there is a different counter word if you have a pair of socks compared to a one single sock. Oh my god. Right. Um, then, about verbs. You only have two regular verbs, which are to do and to come. All other verbs can be categorized into groups. So, no long list of having to memorize irregular verbs. Then, you have only two tenses, the past tense and the future tense, which can also be used for present tense. For example, if you say, I go to school or I go to school tomorrow. Easy. Only one past tense. No past tense, no past perfect, no present perfect. Yay. <laughs> then the verb itself does not change depending on if it's he, she, it, you, I, they, we. So no third person as like in English or changing the verb in according to the um, yeah I or he she in, in in French or Spanish or German. Good thing to know. And the verb itself does not change uh, depending on the grammatical case or the verb or the noun. So basically, it doesn't change depending on if it's. Not the verb, exactly, it's, it's, it's the noun. The noun does not change depending on the grammatical case, no matter if it's subject, genitive, direct or indirect object. Instead, what we have here, uh, words are followed by so-called particles. And these particles show the role in the sentence. We're going to have to take a look at this later, in this episode. Another thing which is difficult for Japanese learners is politeness. The level of politeness can be expressed in different kinds of parts of the Japanese language. Usually verbs, but also like um, the way you pronounce something or you add certain syllables and also um, different kinds of... Uh, well, there are lots of things to make Japanese language sound more polite or less polite. So the levels of politeness are basically number one, you talk with somebody you know well, for example, friends or family. Then you use ca kind of casual style for verbs, for example. If you talk to somebody who, uh, who you don't know well or where you want to sound polite and also maybe to create a feeling of distance between somebody. So, for example, if you had a fight and you don't want to be that nice to them anymore, you're going to talk in a different way. This is usually called the mass form of a verb. We will take a look at that later on. And there is another really, really specific level of politeness. It's called keigo, which is used for customers or people superior in rank. Right. So these are usually the most difficult or more different things compared to maybe your native language. Let's take a look at the sentence structure of a Japanese typical sentence. 
It's subject, object, verb. However, you don't necessarily have to mention the subject if everybody already knows who you talk about. As I said in last episode, it's not always I, 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 I. If you know, if everybody knows that you talk about yourself, you don't mention watashi, I. Let's have a look at an example sentence. Let's use sans drinks ketchup. So what do we need to know? As I said before, Japanese language has so-called particles, which show a role, which uh, uh, mark the role of a certain word in the sentence. So, for example, it's an object, it's a subject, is the place of an action, a means you use to do something, direction, time. For all of these things, you have a certain particle. Let's have a look at one of the most important particles, which is the so-called topic marker. It's called wa. And if you have already tried to look at hiragana, then let me tell you, even though it's called wa, we use hiragana ha. That's because Japanese pronunciation has changed over the centuries. Before it was wa, but now um, it's called ha, it's pronounced ha. But still, if you use the topic marker, we use the old way of pronouncing it. That's why we write ha, but pronounce it wa, if we use it as a topic marker. So what is the topic? The topic is usually the subject of the sentence. Who or what does something? In this case, it's sans. Then we need the object marker. This is wo. Even though I say wo, sometimes we don't hear the W. It's just wo. You don't really hear it that much, the, the W. So the object is on whom or on what is an action performed. In this case, it's ketchup. The action is drinking. The subject who does it is sans. And the object on what the action is performed is the ketchup. Right. Good. So, how do, you, do we say ketchup in Japanese? That's ketchup. 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 Then we need to drink. That's nomimasu. Nomimasu. As I said before, uh, there are several kinds of uh, politeness levels, and we start with the so-called polite mas form. As we hear, nomimasu. It ends with mas. It's actually ma and su, but we don't pronounce the u. Nomi mas. If you were to sound a little more casual, you wouldn't say nomi mas, but nomu. The rule of how to go from nomi mas to nomu will be in a different episode. So just memorize nomi mas means to drink. Great. Okay, so we said subject, object, verb. So sans, ketchup, and to drink. And we need the particles. We need the topic marker. So the topic in this case is sans. So we say sans plus wa. Then we have the object, which is ketchup. And then the object particle, which is wo. And then nomimasu for drinking. So the whole sentence is sansu wa ketchup wo nomimasu. Try once more. Sansu wa ketchup wo Maybe you have realized that I make some breaks in between, but I keep the word which it, with its particle together. I say sans wa ketchup wo nomimasu. So it would be kind of strange if you were saying like sans 
はケチャップを飲みます。You can take a break in between, but do it after the particle. サンズはケチャップを飲みます。That's perfect.Right. Okay. So, if we already know that we talk about sans, then we don't have to say sansu wa. We can just say ketchup wo nomimasu. Ketchup wo nomimasu. And we know that somebody is drinking ketchup, and due to the context, because maybe we've been talking with sans about sans before, and we just keep talking about him and saying that yeah, he's a skeleton and he drinks ketchup. So, the topic is the same. And as long as the topic is the same, we can afterwards omit the topic. In this case, Sanzuwa. Okay, let's have a different example. I read the sentence to you and you try to understand what I am talking about. Feru Sanzu wa mustard wo nomimasu. Feru Sanzu wa mustard wo nomimasu. What do you think this sentence means? So, Feru Sans means, of course, fail Sans, the red. Mustard wo. Means mustard. And then, of course, nomimasu to drink. Feru sanzu wa mustard wo nomimasu. Once more. Feru sanzu wa mustard wo nomimasu. Okay, let's try to come up with something more normal. <laughs> let's talk about water. Water in Japanese is mizu. Mizu. It's not misu, it's mizu. Zu. Like a bee. Zzz. Mizu. So if I want to say that I drink water, it would be Watashi wa mizu wo nomimasu. Watashi wa mizu wo nomimasu. And of course, I can omit again Watashi wa if everybody knows that I talk about myself. Mizu wo nomimasu. Some more important drinks. In Japan, Coke is cola. Cola wo nomimasu. Cola wo nomimasu. And of course, I write cola and mustard and ketchup in katakana because they are foreign words. Nomimasu, the no would be the kanji, mimasu, the ending of the verb which would be written in hiragana. Another drink, kohi, that's coffee. Kohi wo nomimasu. Kohi wo nomimasu. I drink coffee. How about alcohol, alcoholic beverages? There is something important to tell you that lots of people know that sake means sake, so this is the、uh, Japanese rice wine. But actually, Japanese people use sake as a general word for alcoholic beverages. So if somebody says, I drink osake in Japanese, doesn't necessarily mean that they refer to the rice wine, but to alcohol in general. So I drink alcohol. Osake wo nomimasu. Osake wo nomimasu. So, over here it's not only sake, but it's o sake. O sake. The o in front of the sake makes you sound more polite. O sake o nomimasu. If you really want to say or stress that you drink Japanese rice wine, then you will say nihonshu, nihonshu, 
Nihon stands for Japan, as you might remember from episode number one. And shu is the Chinese pronunciation of sake. Remember the rule of thumb? If you have a word consisting of one kanji, then you use the Japanese pronunciation, that's sake. If you have a word consisting of several kanji, then you use the Chinese one, and that's in this case shu. Nihon shu. Japanese alcohol means rice wine. Nihon shu wo nomimasu. I drink Japanese rice wine. On with some more alcoholic beverages. Beer is biru. Biru wo nomimasu. I drink beer, or somebody drinks beer. Biru wo nomimasu. On to something non alcoholic. Tea. Green tea in Japanese is cha. But usually we hear the word ocha. The same as with osake, we add the o to sound more polite. Ocha o nomimasu. Ocha o nomimasu. I drink green tea. There are, of course, several kinds of green tea versions in Japan, but、uh, let's talk about that in a different episode. <laughs> right, so we've been talking about drinking. Let's try a different verb. Let's go for it to eat. That's tabemasu. Tabemasu. To eat. Again, it's the polite mas form, that's why we have tabemasu. The sentence structure stays the same. We just exchange nomimasu to drink with tabemasu to eat. Okay, let's try next sentence. I read it to you and you try to think about the meaning. パピルスはスパゲッティを食べます。パピルスはスパゲッティを食べます。Yes, of course. パパパルス is eating spaghetti. How about Sans? サンズはホットドッグを食べます。サンズはホットドッグを食べます。Sans eats hot dog or hot dogs. How about Toriel? Toriel さんはバッタスコッチシナモンパイを食べます Once more. Toriel さんはバッタスコッチシナモンパイを食べます What a long word. バッタスコッチシナモンパイ Butterscotch cinnamon pie. <laughs> And what we hear here is I say Toriel さん So, I want to sound a little more polite and add san after Toriel's name. So, san basically means Mr., Miss, Mrs. There is no difference between male or female. It's always san. If you want to make it sound more polite, then instead of san, you're going to use sama. So, once more. Toriel san wa bat. バッタスコッチシナモンパイを食べます。How about Andine? Andine は寿司を食べます。Andine は寿司を食べます。Andine eats sushi.On to the negation.How do I say do not, eat not, drink not?That's pretty easy. 
if you have the polite mas form, you just say masen instead of mas. So, nomimasen instead of nomimas. Or, tabemasen instead of tabemas. Let's have some examples. Felsanzu wa ketchup wo nomimasen. Felsanzu wa ketchup wo nomimasen. Felsanz does not drink ketchup. Poor guy. Frisku wa osake wo nomimasen. Frisku wa osake wo nomimasen. Frisk doesn't drink alcohol. Ejizama wa spaghetti o tabemasen. Lasagna o tabemasu. Once more. Ejizama wa spaghetti o tabemasen. Lasagna o tabemasu. So we changed to edge, and because he is so, I don't know, <laughs> great. <laughs> like the great papyrus,、uh, we just add sama instead of san. And in this case, edge does not eat spaghetti, tabemasen. However, he eats lasagna. Lasagna o tabemasu. Edge sama wa spaghetti o tabemasen. Lasagna o tabemasu. Okay, so we had. Nomimasu, nomimasen, tabemasu, tabemasen. Let's go on with a different verb. To see or to watch is mimasu, mimasu. If you want to say that somebody is watching TV or somebody watches TV, then you say terebi o mimasu. Terebi means television. So, actually, it would be terebishon in Japanese. But Japanese people love to make something shorter. And that's why we say terebi and not terebishon. And terebishon comes, of course, from television. And now we have the problem because、uh, there are only 46 syllables in Japanese language. With some kind of variations, you can、uh, add some more. But still, the English language has like, I don't know, like、uh, 200 or 300, or I don't know how many、uh, possibilities of pronouncing something. And if you have to convert all these possibilities of pronunciation to only 46 possibilities, then of course,、uh, yeah, things need to be made easier to pronounce for Japanese people. So that's why it's not television, it's Television and then Televi. Mimas means to watch or to see, and the object which you're watching is in this case the TV, and that's why we say Televi o. So we have again the particle for the object, for the direct object. What am I watching? TV. Televi o mimas. Some more example, sense,、uh, example sentences with watch. アルフィーはアニメを見ます。アルフィーはアニメを見ます。Yeah, Alphys is watching anime. How about Undyne? 
She also watches anime. In this case, we would say, Andain mo anime o mimasu. Andain mo anime o mimasu. So before we had, Arfi wa anime o mimasu, and now we have, Andain mo anime o mimasu. So mo means to, also. But you cannot add the particle for the topic, wa, together with mo, because mo is stronger than wa. So it's exchanged. Instead of wa, we say mo. Andain mo anime o mimasu. Andain also watches anime. How about papyrus? Papyrus wa anime o mimasen. MTT o mimasu. So Papyrus uh, does not watch anime, but he watches MTT. That's the meaning behind these two sentences. Papyrus wa anime o mimasen. MTT o mimasu. Then, some more. Try to understand the meaning. Azugoa wa toriel o mimasu. Asgore is watching Toriel, or watches Toriel, or looks at Toriel. Toriel wa frisku o mimasu. Toriel wa frisku o mimasu. Toriel watches Frisk, or looks at Frisk. A word, a verb which is similar to mimasu is to read. So mimasu means to see, to watch. Read is読みます。読みます。とりえるは本を読みます。とりえるは本を読みます。本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本本
grammar parts of a sentence. We have katakana, which are for foreign words, foreign names, sounds, onomatopoeia. And then we have the kanji, which convey the meaning and usually are noun, verb, stem, adjective. Important is that they have several uh, possibilities of reading, pronunciation. It's the Chinese one, onyomi, the Japanese one, kunyomi. You use the Chinese pronunciation if you have a word consisting of more, one, uh, two or more kanji. You use the Japanese one if you have a word which consists of only one kanji. Uh, ah, there is something I forgot to say. There is also a fourth way of writing in Japanese, and that's called romaji, which refers to our Latin-based alphabet. Roma stands for Rome, and ji, as you remember from kanji, stands for character. So Roman characters, Roman Latin alphabet. Then we were talking about the kanji strokes and the strokes order, stroke order. So horizontal strokes from left to right, vertical strokes from top to bottom, stroke order, please memorize it even though it sounds strange to you or seems strange to you. And then on to the Japanese grammar. We learned no grammatical gender, no singular plural difference, there are counter words for different kinds of things, for socks, a pair of socks, single sock, only two regular verbs, all the other verbs that can be categorized into groups, only two tenses, only no past and future, we can be used for the present tense. We don't change the verb according to the person. We have different kinds of level of politeness, depending if you know people well, or with the friends and family, or if you don't know them at all, or you want to sound polite, or you talk to somebody who is a customer or who is a superior to you. Then the word order, it was subject, object, verb. In order to know that this is the subject, we have the so-called topic marker, which is wa, actually written ha in hiragana, but pronounced wa. And uh, the thing with the topic is usually that after the topic is mentioned, you get some new information about this topic. So for example, if we say sans drinks ketchup, we know, you talk about sans, the new information we get about sans is that he drinks ketchup. We also need to use wo, which is the object marker, and the object marker is placed after the object. This placing after the word, which is about, is always like that. So the wa, the topic marker, comes after the topic. The object marker, marker comes after the object. And then we had some example sentences. I just tried to read them once more so you can memorize them or try to um, just repeat them after me. So we had nomimas to drink, polite form. Sanzu wa ketchupu wo nomimas. Feru sanzu wa mustardo wo nomimas. Watashi wa mizu wo nomimas. Cola wo コーヒーを飲みます。お酒を飲みます。ビールを飲みます。お茶を飲みます。食べます。to eat。
寿司を食べます。Negation must becomes ません。フェルサンズはケッチャップを飲みません。フリスクはお酒を飲みません。エジサマーはスパゲッティを食べません。ラザンニアを食べます。To watch it to see, 見ます。テレビを見ます。アルフィーはアニメを見ます。アンダインもアニメを見ます。も、to, also. パピルスはアニメを見ません。MTT を見ます。アズゴアはトリエルを見ます。トリエルはフリスクを見ます。トリエルは本を読みます。To read. ハニーはブルーベリーを見ます。サンズはパピルスを見ます。フェルはサンズを見ます。サンズはフェルを見ません。虫をします。<笑> Such a poor guy.And at the end, I would like to say again, thank you very much. ありがとうございました。And、uh, yeah, if you have any questions, just contact me on my Twitter account.If you have any suggestions of contents for next episodes, please contact me.And of course, I'd love you to follow my account and take a look at what I'm talking about there. And yeah, see you in the next episode. Bye bye. Mata ne. And yeah, yeah, that's a really important. If something is finished, for example, if you finish your job and you go back home, then you say, Otskare sama deshita. Otskare sama deshita. Which means basically,、um, you have tired yourself out because you've been working so hard. You did a good job, basically. That's the meaning. So I say to you, お疲れ様でした。Thank you very much. ありがとうございました。またね。